0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.
1: From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. I'm Sarah Fenton filling in for Wayne Pratt. It's Friday, March 12th. Ahead, a Des Moines-based art activist is returning to St. Louis with a new project focusing on institutional and environmental racism.
0: It was only a, a matter of time to combine those two things in a way that would interest people to want to approach art in a completely different way than they normally would.
1: Artist Jordan Weber describes his current project, which includes the Close the Workhouse campaign. That's coming up just ahead, but first, these headlines. Spirit Airlines is expanding to St. Louis-Lambert International Airport. The budget airline will offer daily nonstop flights to five major cities in its network starting at the end of May. That includes flights to Fort Lauderdale, Orlando, Pensacola, Las Vegas, and Los Angeles. Lambert Director Rhonda han Nabrugi says the fact that Spirit is coming to St. Louis for the first time now is an encouraging sign. They are more of a leisure destination airline, and certainly we are seeing some demand for that leisure market to get out and travel especially as the vaccine is becoming more you know more available and and people have been pent up she says march is shaping up to be the airport's best month since the pandemic hit a year ago and airlines tell her they're expecting more traffic in the summer and fall the canna education collective is opening a resource center tomorrow in delwood located in north st louis county As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, the center will offer help to anyone interested in applying for a job in Missouri's new medical marijuana industry. Dispensaries are starting to open across the St. Louis region, and Melanie Marie Randalls wants to make sure her community is aware of how to get involved. She's one of the co-founders of the new center. Randall says the goal is to help break down the barriers that black people and other members of marginalized groups face in the cannabis industry. She says she wants to help people see the financial opportunities. And not just from a consumption standpoint, right? We're here because we want to see people make money. We want to see people begin to create generational wealth. The center will start offering classes next month on financial literacy and cryptocurrency, as well as how to grow cannabis at home. Randall's is also partnering with Bee Leaf Medical to help people apply for jobs at its dispensaries. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. The Missouri House passed legislation yesterday that would allow state and local governments to impose an online sales tax for internet purchases known as Wayfair. This was a top priority for Governor Mike Parson as well as many lawmakers for years. The measure also includes an income tax cut from 5.4 to 5.1 percent, decreasing that 1 percent every year. Representative Peter Meredith, a Democrat from St. Louis, says adjusting the sales tax would have been a more reasonable conversation
0: and not pushing us into a more and more regressive tax structure in our state. A tax structure that favors the rich and punishes the poor and puts more and more of the burden for paying our state's bills on working folks.
1: The Missouri Senate also passed its own version of the wafer tax bill yesterday. The Pulitzer Arts Foundation and Washington University have announced their newest artist-in-residence. Jordan Weber, a Des Moines-based social and environmental justice art activist, uses sculpture, installations, in green spaces to focus on institutional and environmental racism. Weber got his start in two-dimensional black pop art and surrealism, but in recent years he's incorporated social commentary into his work. In St. Louis, he's constructing a piece on the Close the Workhouse campaign. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis asked him when he decided to shift to art and environmental activism.
0: The turning point was Ferguson. It was Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown. You know, it was going down to Ferguson, not the first weekend of the protests, but the second weekend of the protests, experiencing that extreme form of oppression that happened, you know, on the weekends and seeing people at, at their wits end that first Friday and then going into Saturday and Ferguson completely flipped every particle of my body into into really knowing that I had to produce works that weren't just 2D, that these works couldn't just speak on blackness and, and black suffering and environmental degradation. They had to actually do something. How does the Close the Workhouse campaign reflect environmental racism? Do, do they connect and how do they connect uh, in, in your opinion? One of the main things that the Close the Workhouse has um, as, an, as a demand is Um, or as a complaint from individuals that are at the closed workhouse is lack of nutritional food. And another thing is just the sheer amount of mold and air quality within the workhouse. With what you're working on, with what you're seeing, I mean, do you, and I know you're, again, you're in the research phase, do you have an idea of kind of what uh, a project would look like? Man, I'm obsessed with Spring Church. The second I saw that the Pulitzer acquired it, I hit up Joshua, like, yo, like, Is there any possibility that I can do a project um, in collaboration with Close the Workhouse that would deal with healing and also connect individuals that were formerly incarcerated at Close the Workhouse to some sort of programming with either farming or urban gardening. So we're really looking at that spring church as an activation in a way to build some sort of structure for spiritual healing and and giving tools for spiritual connection or or, um, just decompression and dealing with trauma in general. What got you into pursuing art as a professional career? I fell back on art naturally as some sort of coping mechanism. Around that time, my mom, you know, I was, I think I was 20 at that time, 21. My mom was like, you need to get a job or um, pay rent. When she told me I had to get a job, you know, I, I immediately hit my uncle up and started working construction and I'd work construction during the day and paint at night. What were those first artworks that you've produced kind of like? Do you remember kind of, do you look like? They're still they're still around, man. It's like a lot of very pop, um, black culture pop work mixed with surrealism, um, oil paintings, and then uh, the oil paintings kind of started blending into, I did a lot of street art um, graph writing. So a lot of spray paint, oil paint, acrylics, on these large canvases. How do you see arts inspiring social change and social justice with the work that you do and the work of so many other art activists? And having the backing of other um, arts organizations that can push in funding and sustainable funding into a space, I really think that art can push into these social societal moments of, of great oppression in a way that would hopefully impact them.
1: You can read more about Weber and his work online at www.stlpublicradio.org. Editor David Cazares edited that piece from Chad. Shula Newman is the executive editor of the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Sarah Fentiman from the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom. This has been The Gateway.
0: Details at ChooseWood.com.